Welcome to Loose Gymming, the podcast that's going to get you thinking differently about fitness. To get you in the shape of your life, but without it taking over your life. I'm BFast Joe. And I'm lovely Lifter Safe. Welcome to episode number... We don't, I don't know. We don't know. Welcome to episode number something, and we're going to be talking about what to expect when you're a PT expecting. Why are we talking about that? Because I'm expecting. Woo-hoo! <laughs> <laughs> so we've not purposely not said anything about um, having a bun in the oven. It's just that we've had so much on and other things to sort of focus on and. It was a secret, obviously, for 12 weeks, but I am now coming up to 23 weeks. So how are you feeling? I feel good. So I, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that I wanted to sort of chat about today because, you know, I like to think of myself as like the, quite this fit person who really like looks after themselves. And when I found out that I was pregnant, I think I went into it quite Cockily? Is that the right word? Cockily? (laughs) Oh, I had some cockles for your dinner. (laughs) Cocky? Well, I went in like cockily. Naively. 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 Um, Thinking that I was just going to sail through this really sort of easy pregnancy. And I don't know if anybody else knows or has seen that Tia Toomey is currently pregnant with her first child as well. She's a little bit further along than me and she's still doing all the same things, you know, all the barbell lifting, still doing all her CrossFit. And I followed a lot of women throughout their pregnancies who are fitness trainers or personal trainers and I'll just doing what seems to be, I mean, I know that Instagram isn't the most truthful thing in the whole entire world, but seems to just carry on as normal. However, since probably about 21 weeks, I've actually started to notice that I can't do what I used to be able to do. And I had a small mental breakdown, didn't I? Yeah, that's small when... <laughs> If so, if it admits a small mental breakdown, it normally means that I am uh, having to invest in some good earplugs, <laughs> some sturdy emotions, and um, a lot of hot water bottles and cups of tea. Yes, he's great though, because I think you're the only one that can handle those meltdowns. <laughs> I don't have much choice, I've got nowhere else to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but because I had, the reason I had this this small mental breakdown is because I was expect I just expected like why have I started to get these little more aches and pains why do things not feel as good as they did while I was like not pregnant or when I was 16 weeks pregnant and I had to have a little chat with myself and just tell myself that it's okay that my body is changing and I should really be okay with that and my aim is to stay healthy and happy throughout pregnancy it's not keeping up to what I was able to do before so what I decided to do because I was just feeling a little bit on my squats something just didn't feel quite right it wasn't feeling quite good in my hips or on some certain movement I just wasn't feeling the feels that I normally get and I started to lose a little bit of confidence in my strength training which I didn't want to do at all so I decided to do a little bit of research which was really helpful I looked into uh, strength training for women I also spoke to an amazing woman called Kirsty, who we know within the fitness industry who gave me some amazing advice about being able to carry on training but also just looking after my slightly changing body 
I then decided to also invest into a pregnancy physio who gave me some awesome advice and said to me, there's absolutely nothing wrong with your body. You have a super capable body. But she did tell me that I've got a little bit of a tight pelvic floor. So it's very strong. Thanks weight training strong as anything but it's quite tight so I've been given some uh, loosening exercises with some breath work and what my physio told me which I think was quite powerful she told me to do some mindfulness work as well to relax myself and realize that my body is doing an amazing thing and it is working with me it's not working against me it's just some slight modifications so let's just take a step back and just give a bit of context you've not really kind of talked through why you kind of went down this route and what sort of things you're experiencing in terms of like what you were kind of concerned about and worried about and things like that. So let's take a little step back and tell us, first of all, just kind of what you felt like specifically wasn't feeling quite right. You mentioned not feeling quite right on certain movements, but what was it and what triggered you to kind of look further into this and like seek some advice from postnatal specialists and a uh, antenatal physio? So like I said, it didn't start till about 21 weeks and I'm 23 now weeks so we've got to remember this has only now been happening in the past sort of two to three weeks so on my squat or any sort of lower body movements I just felt like a little bit of pressure like within like my low stomach um and I can't explain what it felt like it just felt a little bit of pressure I don't want to say the word pain because it wasn't pain and I think that's one thing that I want to get across. There was no pain when I did it, it was just something didn't feel like it was working quite well enough and the thing is as well, this is my first baby and I've never felt all this before and I am a massive advocate of knowing that movement is not only really, really important for us but also necessary Um and safe to do unless you've got any complications so that is like another thing I know there are some complications um, when it comes to pregnancy but if you have got no complications in your pregnancy moving is an amazing thing to carry on doing and like they said carry on doing what you did before but maybe bring it down 10% that was sort of my advice from my doctors and my midwives so I can't explain the feeling and I don't know whether other pregnant women will be able to say I understand what you're talking about Soph it was just like lower pressure and hip pain Mm -hmm. on pretty much squats walking lunges step ups anything like that so kind of before we explain a bit more about that, I want to come kind of straight out the gate with this as well because I know one of the most common responses you'll get to this is oh but from people that you know mean well but don't necessarily have that education background aren't midwives aren't sort of postnatal prenatal specialists one of the biggest things you'll hear is or I feel like you've heard is you're doing too much you're just you're doing too much absolutely talk to me I I, (laughs) absolutely and so many people have said that and I get it so I was speaking to my friend about it and so when I actually said that I was pregnant and came out with it, obviously it had been a secret for 12 weeks and then when I said, oh I'm pregnant, everyone was so excited for me but there was a massive change in the way that people um, were around me. As soon as people found out I was pregnant, I became a very delicate flower. (laughs) I'm very delicate anyway, but I became an extra delicate flower, such as people wanting to just do extra things for me. Are you sure? I'd literally just like lift a really light chair. I'll do that for you. So I don't know that I would maybe get up quickly or quickly rush over somewhere or pick up a weight. No, no, don't do that, Soph, don't do that. 
And I was speaking to my friend about it and she said to me, oh gosh, don't you find that really patronizing? And I actually said, no, I don't, I really don't. I find it, it's lovely that people, the reason people are doing it is because they care Mm. and they want me to be safe Mm -hmm. and they want me to have a good pregnancy. They don't want me to hurt myself. But also the reason that maybe people are doing it is slightly due to a lack of education to think that you then need to be a delicate flower afterwards. Mm. So I know that it's really in a lovely, lovely way that people want to help me, but also it, it, I do feel it's that they don't actually know that you can carry on as normal. When I say as normal as well, I want to say that all pregnancies are different. So there are women that go through a worse pregnancies, like I'm having a really good one. So I don't want to be like, everyone should just carry on as normal. I know that not everybody has the same pregnancy. So I understand that some people may be experiencing not as a happier journey as myself. Yeah, I think one thing from my perspective, obviously from like a bit of an outside point of view, like inside but outside was, it seems to be very hard for you to get specific advice or recommendations or no one's wanted to really clearly say, okay, you can do absolutely everything or you can do this, or you can do that. It always seems to be, and I think I understand why, but also always seems to be more, the advice comes from like the side of caution. And I suppose from my perspective, it's like people wouldn't want to necessarily clear you for doing certain things and then something went wrong further down the line and like you could kind of potentially blame someone else for something going wrong or, but this person said it was okay, I could do all my exercises, I could carry on as normal. Um, so that's one thing I've just kind of noticed, I think from my perspective, is that it seems to be very hard to get... Uh, I won't say good advice, but like advice that's kind of comforting advice that allows you to feel kind of still empowered to do like what you want to do and things like that. Absolutely. And the way that I've been able to get comforting advice and advice where I feel more reassured is out of the NHS. Mm. And I think that's where massive privilege on my end. I'm able to go out and pay for like people's time out of the NHS. But all the advice NHS-wise has been, don't move. Mm. Like, as soon as I said, I'm just feeling a little bit of hip, I'm feeling a little bit of frontal abdominal tight, stop, don't do it, don't do it. And it scared me how much I lost my confidence for a mm-hmm. second, didn't I? And I was like, why, why? And then- And that in turn affected me as well, because obviously like, you know, you, you come and join in the sessions that I'm coaching at the gym and stuff like that. and. I was watching you last week do certain movements. I'm like, maybe you should take it easier. I think you were about to squat, weren't you? And I was like, maybe don't do front squats until you know what's going on and you, and you find out a bit more information and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I think it is, it's, it's funny, but it's like, it's one of those things where I think we have to remember, it's like if you've ever rung up the NHS 111 service, whatever symptom you've got, it pretty much makes it out like you're dying and you need to get to uh, A&E yeah, straight yeah, away. So. Yeah. And Google does yeah. that same thing because I don't know if anybody is like me, but as soon as I feel anything, I'm on Google. And from one minute, I've got a headache and the next minute, I've got a brain tumour. It goes quickly. It goes quick. Mm, <laughs> yeah, that. it really does. And I think that's one of the things why, like, you know, if you're looking for advice online or you're looking for advice from, um, you know, like from, from any source really that's, doesn't know you as an, indiv- an individual person, doesn't know your history and your kind of um, capabilities like pre-pregnancy and stuff like that, they're always going to probably have to take the advice from like the average information that they have, like the kind of the, the middle ground information. So they'll look at these things and think, so most people shouldn't be doing this or most people shouldn't do that. Because for example, when you first thought um, it might have been like pelvic girdle pain. Yeah. 
or something to do with the low lying placenta as well. Like your first thing there was like, it was like stop exercising straight away. You shouldn't be doing any exercise with this. But I understand that because it has to be a blanket recommendation because they couldn't just say, okay, maybe you can exercise if they don't know. Like if you're just searching online or if you're speaking to someone on like 111 or on the phone from like the um, the uh, antenatal clinic and they don't know your specific history and circumstances, they're not going to know what kind of easy is for you or what difficult is for you. So if one of the examples was you can carry on training, but don't make it strenuous. Yeah. But what's strenuous for, you know, yourself versus what's strenuous for someone who's never exercised a day in their life is a completely different thing. Absolutely. And I think that's kind of, that's where it's been a bit of a grey area of what you can and can't do. Yeah. So let's just go back a little bit. So basically on my 20 scan, everything came absolutely fine. And I have a slightly low-lying placenta. She just said nothing at that. She went, no problem at all. I'm going to book you in for 36 weeks just to triple check it's moved. Nine times out of 10, they they do move but if they don't basically the the placenta can stop your baby from coming out so it will have to come out through the sunroof <laughs> yeah. is that the word she said well, no that's the word i say oh, okay i've copied it that's not my own word that's what like mums who have had c-sections before they all say oh it came out the sunroof i've never heard that before <laughs> the panoramic view yeah <laughs> so i carried on with my life and then obviously googled a low-lying placenta and what was the first thing that came up was do not exercise and well i freaked out i'd just been exercising all that time and i was like oh my gosh i've killed the baby so i then called up um the nhs and my midwife wasn't working that day so i called up a number at the hospital and i knew it wasn't the advice that I felt comfortable with because I spoke to this woman. I said, hi, I've just realized I've got a low-lying placenta. I am a personal trainer. Can I continue training? And she just went, no, absolutely no movement, nothing. She's like, you can um, do some walking, but I don't want to see anything strenuous. But the thing is, she didn't ask me any questions. Mm. She didn't ask me one thing. She didn't want to look at my scan she didn't want to know anything else. She didn't want to know if, what can I do? Have I tried? There was just nothing. So I straight away knew this wasn't the advice that I felt comfortable with. So small meltdown, not going to lie after that conversation because she scared me. Mm. And again, we've got to remember that exercise isn't scary at any time. What I learned was that if you have what you call placenta previa, which is where the placenta completely covers your cervix, that's when you are advised to stop training heavy weights from 28 weeks, yeah? Mm -hmm. When I say advised to stop training heavy weights at 28 weeks, that means if you have been doing training before, mm. yeah? So what it should have been with the education from there is going, oh, well, you're already doing this sort of stuff, actually you don't need to change anything till about 28 weeks um but again it was nothing communicated mm. it was it was a blanket statement and it wasn't until i was able to talk to other people that i realized this stuff and then also realized that my placenta isn't anywhere near my cervix so to me i just needed to ignore that advice anyway but let's go back imagine i didn't have the confidence to go and ask other questions mm. i would have I would have been bed bound. <laughs> well, I think that was why I was quite glad that I kind of, I think I was quite adamant I wanted you to speak to other people and stuff as well. So we got you in touch with Kirsty, didn't we? And just got you kind of speaking to other people about it because it may, it didn't make, it didn't sit right with me. It didn't make sense to me that you'd 
come to this kind of conclusion yourself. But then when we had the 20 week scan, there was no mention of anything like that. So in my mind, I was like, if there was something, you know, drastically wrong, you would have been told at that 20 week scan. Yeah. But of course, in your slightly anxious ways and your Google foo habit, yes, you decided to kind of look at stuff that was maybe a little bit more further along the scope of what you needed to look at. And that's kind of, I think, what freaked you out and scared you and yeah. just kind of had that small phase of, shit, I can't do anything. Yeah. And this is a person who's a qualified trainer who knows, who has done um, courses on pre and postnatal stuff. And I was nervous. Mm. Imagine you haven't done that. The I would have stopped if I didn't know anything about training. But like I said, I just knew I needed a second opinion yeah and it can be compounded as well i think you're you know obviously you've got a support network that believes in what we do and knows about kind of adjusting things and stuff like that but imagine you don't have that support network and imagine your only experience is you know a family member or a friend saying you shouldn't be lifting weights you shouldn't be doing this you shouldn't be doing that that must be really tough to have no support in that environment so it's only going to compound that kind of fear if you come across something that's you're not sure about in your pregnancy it's going to just compound that kind of feeling of uncertainty if you don't have someone with a support network or someone with kind of you know more of an education in the topic and in the area that must be really difficult really difficult and i think you know one of the massive things that we spoke about this the other day is that we've heard before your a percentage of the people that you hang around with. Mm. So think about your closest friends right now, the five people that you hang around with the most. Are you an oddity in that? Do you do things that they don't do? Or do you realize that you actually all have the same beliefs in there? Because if you are sort of going out of what they believe, they're gonna fight you. Mm. And then you're gonna go back. We all wanna fit in. We all wanna be in with the crowd. So Mm. if you do something odd outside of the only support network that you have, and they fight you a little bit against it, that you're gonna you're gonna retreat and go no. So imagine I didn't have the five people in my life who I know, you know, enjoy the gym and that sort of stuff. Mm. If I didn't have you guys, I think I would have retreated and been scared. Mm. But also, why? Why does weights have such a bad reputation with anything? It's always the way, isn't it? Whether you, whatever goal you're trying to do, like weight training is bad for you. Yeah. And people are still scared of it. I know it's, it's improving and there's a lot of like, there's been a lot of kind of progression in terms of more people and especially more women sort of getting into weight training and stuff like that. But there's still such a huge misconception or a huge fear that you're either going to hurt yourself or that it's bad for your joints or that, you know, if you've got arthritis, you shouldn't lift weights, you've got arthritis or anything like that. And there's so many negative connotations. And again, I think it just comes back to that kind of misunderstanding, but also that blanket advice of, yeah, um, yeah I don't know, it just comes from that sort of blanket sort of, it's been said in the past or someone's heard like a rumour of like, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that. And that kind of becomes like quote unquote fact then. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time people blame um weights for injuries and mm-hmm. I can understand where that comes from when really it's never the 40 to 40 to an hour minutes that you're spent at the gym it's normally the 90% other time that you're doing mm. that has probably injured you so I always use the example of like you've been sat down you've done a nine-to-five job you've literally got out of bed you're working from home gone from bed onto a sofa onto a chair sorry worked work work not done much movement you then finish work at five rush for a session at 5 30 at the di- at the gym you're a little bit late you miss a little bit of the warm-up 
and you're doing a little bit of deadlifting and then you go, I've hurt myself. The deadlift is to blame. Mm, yeah. Like, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't need like did you move your body at all like have you had time to de-stress and get into the gym and da, da, da. Um, so yeah I always just I feel really sorry for weights because you know what exercise gets no bad reputation I don't think you say yoga yoga yeah there's nothing that anybody says bad about yoga and how many times I've been told to go to yoga since I've been pregnant <laughs> yeah it's mad isn't it and the thing is well it's like it's one of those things where you can you can do yoga badly, just like you can do weights badly. Yeah. You can do yoga really well and make it really safe and really effective. You can do strength and weight training really safely and really effectively. So it's not the modality. It's never the modality. It's always the kind of like the, the way that it's kind of, it's done. But because there's this, you know, with yoga, you're just moving your own body. It's absolutely fine to think that it's the perfect thing for you to do. And there's no stress on your body and no strain and stuff like that. But I know for a fact when um, I went to hot yoga, like a few years, well, probably five or six years ago. Yeah, it was when we lived in the going. flat, wasn't it? And hot yoga, especially for me, I found that like I got into this environment, it's really warm. So your muscles are a bit more supple. You're a bit more sort of mobile. And I probably pushed it a bit too far in that one session. And I realised then that I'd tweak my back a little bit because I'd sort of really been going through some, I don't know, some spinal twist type work and probably went a bit further than I could, probably tried to stretch as much as the person next to me and get into that position they were in. And next thing you know, I've tweaked my back and I was like, you know, in quite a bit of pain for like a couple of weeks. But it wasn't yoga's fault. It was my fault for letting my ego get in the way and be an idiot. And it's the same a lot of time with weight training, isn't it? Like it's learning how to use weights and use kind of exercise in the gym to add to your life but not um to a level where you're kind of redlining all the time you're not forcing yourself and straining yourself because that's it's, it's the same with anything really isn't it absolutely yeah absolutely so basically what i wanted to get to um about this is to go like i said i've come to 23 weeks of pregnancy and i have had to make modifications and i have had to get second advices and i have had to do a little bit of my own research and i have been completely cleared to carry on doing things for myself but also I've just been adding some really great movements in that help me loosen off my hips a little bit loosen off that pelvic floor which is apparently very tight um so I've got she's some, always been a tight ass yeah <laughs> and I feel great now but it's taken three weeks hasn't it of mm. me doing some research and getting around and reminding myself that movement is really good even though i've been told a few times it's not yeah and i think that's one of the, the benefits of you going to a private physio to get like a second opinion as well because you know when the nhs is amazing for what it does but it's not equipped to to deal with situations like this on an individual basis and you know you've not once been assessed and kind of appropriate um palpated I even forgot the word I'm a sports therapist and I forgot the word then so you had no you don't get any palpation like anyone sort of like feeling around your joints and your bones and your muscles and stuff like that when you've spoken to your midwives because they're not equipped to do that they don't have the time to do that they don't necessarily have that kind of level of diagnostic knowledge to do that for certain things so I think it's really good that you went to a specialist physio and got that uh, that kind of second opinion and just got someone to tell you that okay actually it's not pelvic girdle pain I've done all the tests. Yeah, There's nothing that's associated with that. Sorry to interrupt, but I just want to say about pelvic girdle. This is a 
new word I've learnt since I've um, become pregnant. From excess Googling again. <laughs> yeah, Google, Dr. Google and me. Um, we have a very strange relationship. <laughs> I am always on there. It's bad. I Google a lot. Not in a good way. Um, and honestly, I went from having a little bit of a groinal strain... I'm talking just a little bit. Notice, oh, my, my groin hurts a little bit. To me saying, I'm going to end up in a wheelchair because that's what can happen to women, which is, it's really sad because there is people, like I said, that's why we're not, I'm not blanket stating myself and saying, carry on doing everything normal because pelvic girdle pain can affect women awfully. But like I said, that's why we've always refresh ourselves, rationalise. And I went to the physio and I said, I've just got a little bit of a... She was like, I think it's just a strain. I don't think it's anything to worry about. It's not pelvic girdle. And I was like, okay then. I'm not going down the road of that. So I've got to stop those Googles. You, the thing is, when are you ever going to stop? Because you've been told about stopping before. You were told by Velma said, don't do this. Yeah. When you were looking into originally into like low-lying placenta and stuff like that. And it was saying about not exercising. And you were reading all these things that were freaking you out. First thing Velma said. So what's Velma's... Um, so well, she's, she's an well, an, the American's term is an OBGYN. Mm-hmm. So obstetrician. Ob- ob- mm-hmm. So all basically a woman doctor, you know, all to do with women's doctor. And um, she's a close friend of one of our lovely members, Steph. So I messaged Steph in a absolute tizzy wizzy. So Deb, please help me. And Velma came to us uh, before she went back to work to get a bit stronger to go back into a very busy NHS, you know, area so she wanted to do a bit of training with us after her maternity just get her mind back in the game and she was amazing and a fantastic doctor and so I rested Steph and I was like please contact me uh, to Velma and she was amazing she gave me some awesome links and her advice was and this is from a real life doctor do not google <laughs> and then what do I do I go back to Dr Google who is not a qualified doctor and carry on googling. <laughs> uh, one step at a time, eh? One step at a time. It's so tough, though, because I hope other people will be like, Sophie, I understand that. I don't think people understand how horizontal Jamie is. He's just the most horizontal man ever. Like, he just is like, you know, when I said, oh, Jamie, I don't know if I can ever train again. He was like, well, let's just get some second advice. Let's just see. It'll be fine. And I'm like, no, I need the answers now. Dr. Google will give them me. <laughs> Yeah, we need to um, we need to try and live in the moment, don't we? Yeah, you're very you're a lot better. <laughs> the main present. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So okay. So just like, what are you saying in, in terms of like, any change and modifications and things like that, and like what you're expecting moving forwards for the next I don't know four to eight weeks? What you're kind of expecting? What how do you think things are going to change? And how do you think you're going to modify what you're doing and training and working wise and all that sort of stuff? Well, so firstly, my confidence. So that has come back. I had an amazing training session today. So that's my number one, is that I've just got some confidence back in myself. And my physio said to me, you need to do some mindfulness work. I mean, how crazy is that? I went to a physio and she's giving me mindfulness work to say your body is working with you. Don't be afraid of it. What amazing advice. She's also given me some breath work to help loosen my pelvic floor. 
So a lot of the stuff we do in the gym at the moment is opposite breathing to what I should be doing as a pregnant lady. Mm. So it's taken me a while to understand this breathing. If you want to know any more information on this breathing, please let me know and I would love to share more with you. It actually makes sense thinking about that. So I just cut you off, but just we, we, we teach, you know, if you're teaching someone a big lift, like a deadlift or a squat or a press, we talk about abdominal bracing to increase the pressure in your abdomen to stabilize your spine, protect your back, transfer power through the legs into the upper body or the core. And that's something that we teach, which is that increased pressure is exactly the opposite of what you need at the minute, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, but you've got to remember. So this is like another thing that I really got to remember is that that's me and my pregnancy. I know people, I'm going to go to my friend who's also pregnant at the moment, isn't feeling the aches and pains that I am. Mm. She doesn't get them at all. So... She wouldn't need to do these extra things. Mm. She wouldn't need to worry about that. She could probably carry on as normal. It's just because I have experienced a little bit of hip um, and lower, um, I don't want to say the word pain because it's not pain, uncomfortableness, something just not feeling natural that I've gone to this physio and she has just told me about the breathing work and loosening my pelvic floor. So I just really want to make sure that if you are a, pregnant person right now and you're just doing normally and you're not doing breath work don't panic that doesn't mean mm. anything's wrong only because I've just felt this little bit difference in my training um so yeah pelvic so what she was saying which is so true she was like your pelvic floor is really strong she did like little tests with me she was like you, you've got a good pelvic core and I was like yes wait they rule she was like but that's bloody tight she was like it's really really tight she's like you want it to be like a trampoline like able to be strong but also quite loose mm. and she's like yours isn't like imagine a you know you're jumping on what could be the example a not a trampoline <laughs> i suppose like a uh, an athletics track maybe yes yeah exactly yeah she's like we want to keep your strength in but we need to loosen out so she's giving me this amazing breath uh, work that is going to help loosen off and i feel it already i've done it for two days two days and mm. already i'm like okay um, I'm not saying I've noticed a difference, but I can understand how now my pelvic floor is super, super tight. And I've added that into my training, which I loved, which I'm enjoying. And I've, I've loved learning new things, you mm. know, and I always, you know, I always think like, why have I got these aches and pains and, and other people haven't? And maybe it's to educate myself more in training, mm. because if I didn't get any of this stuff, I would probably have just expected nobody else does. Yeah, you probably just sailed through and just done what you, you did just obviously to like maybe reduce the intensity of certain things. But I, I think if you hadn't have experienced this, you wouldn't have looked at all these different methods. You wouldn't have been um, told to look into things like mindfulness to help relax you and make you like, you know, yeah. less sort of anxious and less on edge with the pregnancy and stuff like that. So I do believe it's kind of, you know, in a roundabout way, it has been a good thing for you because yeah. it's taught you things. It's made you... Um, look into and research like certain activities or certain movements, certain kind of breathing patterns or movement patterns that are, are really good to experience as well. And then obviously it's something that then you can pass on if you ever deal with another, yeah. like a member or someone like that or a friend or family member or client or whatever it might be who is going through something. It's given you more tools in your toolbox by going through a bit of that adversity as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, it's, and it, it is taking my ego down. I have had to, you know... I'm not going as heavy as I used to and not because of that it would harm the baby or harm me in any way. It's just that I, I do feel a little bit uncomfortable with just that hip and little bit of movement. So it is just 
a little bit lighter, but not massively. Mm-hmm. It is not on my upper body. My upper body, I can go as heavy as I want. I'm talking just my lower body because of my experiences. But it's always remembering, and I've been, you know, been told um, that there's no my movement isn't going to harm my baby. Mm. Yeah, all it might do is because I've got a little bit of that hip pain and that little bit of abdominal uncomfortableness, I just might feel uncomfortable. And that is the main thing. Mm. That's the confidence we need as pregnant women that I don't feel we're getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I feel like we could kind of talk for ages on this. So maybe we should break this down in the next month or something, do one a month little updates on yeah. how you're getting on. That might be quite good actually. Every four weeks, do a little update on how you're getting on, if anything's changed, how you're feeling, that sort of stuff. Um, and just kind of go through. And remember, like, it's, you know, it, this is my experience as well. And I would love to hear other people's experiences, or anyone who's had it. And um, yeah, so just the, my biggest advice to anybody is if you want to carry on, if you've been doing movement um, and you want to carry on and maybe been told that you can't, my biggest advice is to seek help from a professional or a specialist or whatever. Because if you truly want to carry on, we loved, you know, we all use the excuse sometimes we don't want to carry on, which Mm -hmm. is okay. Like if you're too nervous to, I'm not going to tell you like not to or whatever. But if you do want to carry on, which I do believe we should, and you've got none of that complications always always search get get that advice just not from google mm. <laughs> yeah and be willing to pay for like a second opinion as well i know like it's like one of those things that it is kind of it's good you've been able to invest in that um physio session to kind of go and see someone else but like i say it's sometimes you need a little bit more hands-on and you need a bit more of a different opinion from someone who perhaps just like works with these specific conditions day in day out rather than just like you know general kind of advice and stuff like that so it's always something i do believe and that's like that's not just pregnancy that's literally any kind of aches any pains any injuries um if i ever pick up an injury my first port of call you like is going to be a private physio um rather than the nhs route because firstly i want to try and get it solved quickly but secondly like they're they're going to be a different kind of skill set if you like it's like if I wanted nutrition advice I wouldn't go to my GP about nutrition advice I'd go to a nutritionist or a dietitian or a trainer yeah. it's no different to that like you know there's, it's fine going to the NHS for certain things but you're going to get more out of it more quickly if you go down the private route nine times out of ten for most things that aren't you know like an emergency that might require surgery or you know a referral or something like that so that's just my, my kind of thoughts on that really yeah but. yeah and you know just get advice that you feel really comfortable with um i was speaking um you know i was speaking to steph at the gym yesterday about it i told her all about uh, i'd been to a physio and stuff and you know she said oh you know it's good that you went to someone who like knows that she's like she's an amazing runner and unfortunately got an injury got bad injury um what was it called an achilles tear or something and she went to a physio who said stop running and she was like no no the reason i'm coming to you and paying for you is so you keep me running Mm. (laughs) like you know i'm not saying i want to run right now but i want exercises i want the ability to keep something going yeah because she said her physio said stop so she went you know what that's not my physio yeah i'm gonna find someone so then she did find a running person Mm. a physio that runs and went no no you can still go to the gym we're just having to do these extra things, mm. just like myself. No, no, you don't have to be scared. There's just, you don't want to feel uncomfortable. So what we're going to do is this. Yeah. Yeah. 
Sounds good. Yes. Oh, it's, it's a good topic, isn't it? It is, it is. Deep, deep topic. What have you got to wrap it up? Um. Um. Have we mentioned what we're having? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're uh, in July, we'll be expecting a teeny tiny baby boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was actually surprised, wasn't it? I was, I was convinced for that. Like, I don't know why I always saw myself as a dad to a, a girl for... Pretty much right the way to, uh, up until the day before the 20 week scan. Yeah. And I don't know what it was. I just like, I think I had my hand on, you, on your belly and I was thinking, it's a boy. Yeah. I felt like it's a boy. Yeah. And lo and behold. Yeah. So it's a boy. She said straight away, didn't she? I said, I, I sat on my scan and I was like, I want to know who, what it is. She's like, okay, yeah, no problem. And she was like, okay, <laughs> it's a boy. <laughs> I, I think I actually saw, because I think I saw some little nuts on the <laughs> scan just like hanging around. Oh, bless him. <laughs> Poor little guy talking about his, all that already. <laughs> but it feels like, I, it feels, I, I thought, everyone thought I was having a girl. And I, then it made me think, like, oh, yeah, I'm having a girl. But it just feels right, doesn't it, that it's a little mm. boy in there? It feels like, yeah, of course you're a little boy. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I I do like to get looked after. I'm not going to lie to you. If you, you know, had a day in the life of Jamie and Sophie, Jamie looks after me a lot. He's, he's, gr- he's a great old hubby. He really is. And I already feel like I have another man who's going to be looking after me. Because if I'm anxious or I worry about anything... It's going to sound like really airy-fairy, but he kicks. <laughs> and he's like, it's okay, I'm okay, and everything's okay. Like, you know, What did you say? You messaged me yesterday morning, didn't you? <laughs> yes. He woke me up because he was doing some sort of jujitsu moves in my tummy last night. Yeah, this, the other morning. Just using your, your placenta as a punch bag. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but he, I don't know what it is. It's like we have this little connection where if I'm just feeling off one day or I'm like, I'm worried about pregnancy or life he just kind of does this little kick and he's like i got you mama (laughs) (laughs) very cute very cute well we'll be back soon with another episode next week early next week we've been a bit naughty we have been busy in fairness but we're still gonna be consistent and get them out and get them done we promise ciao for now goodbye Thank you so much for listening. And if there's anything you would like us to cover on the show, email us at loosejimin at gmail.com. That's L-O-O-S-E-G-Y-M-I-N. Thank you so much.